Chronicles. Hello on this fine Tuesday, beautiful people. Welcome to episode 13 of the Clutchdown Podcast. This episode is going to be all about the best players and steals from round 7, as well as all the rookies that went undrafted, so let's get into it. So kicking things off the round 7, some of my best picks from that round. At pick 222, you had the Jaguars taking Montaric Brown, the cornerback out of Arkansas. He's a zone coverage guy who has great instincts and can also tackle extremely well. Balanced player and has a really high football IQ where he can anticipate routes well. He's not the most explosive corner and he lacks some recovery speed when he plays zone, but he's going to be comfortable wherever you put him on the field. So as a, a very late pick on day three, you're getting a good depth guy and getting a guy that you can slot into many different packages and get some, some great use out of him. Now on to pick 223, had the Browns taking Isaiah Thomas, the edge out of Oklahoma. He has the size and the explosiveness to thrive as an edge in the NFL. Has the ability to overpower tackles if he wants to. He can also play well in the run game. Is as well a relentless player. So he's going to give you effort on every single play until he gets his sack or he pressures the quarterback and gets something that's going to show up on that stat sheet. He wants to, he wants to be in the box score. Browns are now looking great with their edge rushes. He's not going to be asked to be an every down player, but he can contribute in that rotation. If you look at the depth chart that the Browns have got now, you've got Jadavian Clowney if he resigns, Miles Garrett, Chase Winovich, and then they also picked up Perrion Winfrey in this draft too. So you've got a lot of guys to to have a fun rotation there and and keep the the maximum amount of pressure on the the quarterback. Thomas has some off field issues, which is why I think he dropped to here, but. You know, you get teams taking more of a gamble in the later rounds, and Isaiah has the the traits to be able to thrive at the next level. So great, great pick for the Browns. On to pick 224, you have the Dolphins take Cameron Good, the linebacker out of California. So he's a 3-4 linebacker who has no issue playing coverage, but also combines that with a great speed rush on the outside, so you can use him in multiple ways. He's got good instincts and awareness. He also commits to each play, so even if he's being blocked by multiple linemen, he's going to carry on playing and get his tackle. Much like Isaiah Thomas, he wants to show up in the box score. He wants to show you he's getting his tackles on the stat sheet, so we love that. He plays well downhill in the run game, off the back of those instincts as well. Needs to get a bit bulkier and lacks some of those elite traits of the players that were taken earlier in the draft. I mean, you saw it with Nakobe Dean. First round graded player who went later partly because of injury concerns, but also partly because of his lack of size of what you want at the next level from an NFL caliber linebacker. That's why you had Quay Walker, who was Dean's teammate. It was not such a good player, wasn't a leader on that Georgia defense, but he went higher than he did. So it just shows how important those traits are for teams. But yeah, this was still a really good pick uh, for, for the Dolphins. At 227, you had the Vikings. They took Nick Muse, the tight end out of South Carolina. He's one of these guys who just does the little things well. Like if he, if you're getting him to run a route into his own coverage, he just plays his route and gets some nice run after catch. Like he's got some good balance in how he plays. He's not got the most blazing speed, but if you just need a guy to be able to reliably dump off to or get you five yards there or two yards here or so, and he's going to be that guy. And you can also block very well, which was my issue with a lot of the earlier tight ends that were taken. You know, in a day and age of it's very much a passing game, 
you tend to find that the higher graded tight ends are the ones who are more receiver guys but in this situation the vikings have taken a guy that can receive and can play that well but can also block which is just really helpful for them and and not 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 just blocking in terms of on the first level but if plays reach the second level too he plays well in adapting to push in the plays downfield so yeah i can see him contributing straight away to the vikings i actually think he had a bit of kelsey's balance about him travis kelsey you can tell that he studied his game a lot he's not nowhere near the same player but just in his way he runs routes into zone coverage the balance off of that you can tell that he's watched a lot of kelsey's film this guy doesn't have the biggest frame for a guy who's going to be asked to block so he needs to put on some weight but when he's got the potential as a receiver, a reliable target, he has the ability to block. I think putting on some more size is going to be the least of his worries. It's a great pick for the Vikings. Penultimate favorite pick from round seven. You had the Bills taking Balon Spector, the linebacker out of Clemson, at pick 231. Very nice value for a player on day three. He's got great instincts for the game and he also plays well in coverage. He's got a real smoothness of play. So he kind of locks in in the game, locks into the flow of the game and then just plays. You know, you watch a, a Bobby Wagner who just kind of when the game starts, he's locked in, he plays and he's just going to play at that level at the end of the game. That's what you're going to get with Spectre. He's got great instincts also to play in the middle of the field and is very quick to read and react to where the ball is going, whether it's going to be a run play, whether it's going to be a pass, you know, that you can rely on him in coverage, which is great. He needs to transition his tackles a bit into harder hits that drive ball carriers back because a lot of his plays can be the kind of catch and drag type tackle where the player kind of falls forward onto him or he tackles and they get more yards, which is not what you want. I think he needs to add some weight and if he can keep the speed that he's got when he adds some weight, he's going to thrive in the Bills defense because they very much rely on having fast, powerful linebackers that can drive players back and play well wherever you want them to play. So yeah, good pick for the Bills and, and a few things, a few details to iron out, but I think that they can do that. On to my final favorite pick of the seventh round and at pick 246, you had the Browns taking Dawson Deaton, the O-lineman out of Texas Tech. He's not one of these guys who's a flashy player. He's just a real in the trenches, doing the dirty work type of guy. He's taller and his film shows a lot of nice stuff. Awesome athleticism for a guy that they got picked in the seventh round. So the Browns get a nice backup here at center. And to be honest, the Browns have done really well at developing interior linemen over the last few years. So not only do they get a really good player in the seventh round, but it's also a good situation for Deaton to go into where, you know, he's going to develop and whether he develops into a fully blown starter or whether he just develops into a really, really good backup. It's a win-win situation for both the Browns and Deaton. It's a good pick for them. So now into my steal of the seventh round, and it's the Dolphins at pick 247, taking quarterback Skylar Thompson out of Kansas State. He's a smart player, makes smart decisions, and he improved consistently as a passer over every single year he was in college. He reads coverage as well, and he's not going to make a lot of mistakes. Has the arm strength to throw it deep, and watching this film, he makes some tight window throws that are really, really nice. Literally the first clip I turned on of him when I was watching some highlights and that. I saw when he made this beautiful throw, I think to his tight end, right over three defenders that were there. It's just the perfect window, and it was just a great, great pass, and I watched some more of it and saw that he does that consistently. He's got some great mobility too that's inevitable for the quarterbacks in this day and age of football. So you've got a guy with, with some really good talent, actually, a really raw talent, but some really good talent, and he's going to give Tua some younger competition. I also can learn by Teddy Bridgewater. 
So now you've got the Dolphins who've got some good depth on offense and defense. Uh, any young guys that are going to come in and help push the players to their best are incredibly valuable. So I like it. I think I think Tua and Hurts are two people who are very much in prove-it years now. So if you've got young players behind them who can who can learn and you know keep that pressure on for for your top quarterbacks to be playing at their best level that's incredibly valuable for a team okay so that's all my my favorite picks and steals that actually got picked in the draft so now let's talk about some of the undrafted players and my favorite ones that have got signed so quarterback Carson Strong out of Nevada got signed with the Eagles he was originally an early round conversation when draft talks first started so I'm sure he's a familiar name for everyone He's mobile, he has a great arm, but the the big knock against him is the fact that he's had two major knee surgeries, and I think this is what really led him to drop down teams' boards. If he can stay healthy, he's going to provide some some real good composition for Hertz, and you know he needs to develop his downfield accuracy and his calmness under pressure, but he's in a good situation to do that with the Eagles, and you've now got both Minshew and Carson Strong waiting in the wings for Hertz in his prove-it year. So they've got a pretty good quarterback room to work with. You saw when Minshew came in last year and started, he had a great game. So he's no, he's not going to sit on his laurels. He, he wants to be a starting quarterback again. And now you get a young guy, Carson Strong, who probably feels a bit of a chip on his shoulder because he dropped down because of his injuries that being the main thing. So you've got some good guys going against each other in that quarterback room and and, and some good receivers now for the Eagles as well. They've got a good receiver room, I'd say. On to running back, we had Jerry Ely out of Ole Miss, who signed with the Chiefs. He's got great power. He's got great speed. He can catch the ball well. It's everything you want out of a modern-day running back. And he's also going into a Chiefs backfield that hasn't had a lead back for them in years, arguably since Kareem Hunt, who kind of took over the lead mantle since then. They've kind of been going with the whole committee approach. So he's going to be in a good position to fight for reps. Watching his tape, I love his burst and his footwork between the tackles as well. He's one of those shifty guys who just always seems to slip his way out of tackles and it looks effortless. Like, kind of, you know, when you watch Derek Henry run, it doesn't look like he's running at a top speed. Ely just has this real smooth play style whenever you watch him. Chiefs were middle of the pack in terms of rush yards last year and they've got some good running back depth now. But I wouldn't say there's anyone who can step straight into a starting role there. So I think it's a good situation for Ely and he can take this opportunity with both hands and potentially get into a starting role with them. So yeah, good stuff. Wide receiver Kevin Austin Jr. out of Notre Dame signed with the Jaguars. I like this sign-in because he has the speed and he plays well in the middle of the field. He can also make catches in traffic and blocks really well as a receiver too. He's another one of these guys who's been injury-riddled over the past few seasons, missed the 2019 season and then most of the 2020 season, so he only really has one year as a starter. But as a developmental player, he's got a lot of upside and he's going into a Jaguars offense that... Has some good wide receiver pieces, but there's no one that really stands out as a top number one guy. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Austin easily work his way into some kind of starting role. If, you know, to start off with, he's quite down on the depth chart. He's just got to grab the opportunity with both hands and then potentially be put into a position where he can get some decent reps as a wide receiver. So yeah, good, good pickup for the Jags because they get a guy with tremendous upside and Austin goes into a great situation there. 
My last favorite free agent pickup that stuck out to me was defensive tackle Chris Hinton out of Michigan, who was taken and signed by the New York Giants. So we've had a lot of talk about Michigan players on defense throughout the last few podcasts. So it's nice to talk about another one. Hinton's a big body lineman who can play extremely well in the run game. He can get his hands up on screen passes and block plays before they develop into big gains. I think the reason that he didn't get drafted was because he decided to forego his senior season in favor of declaring for the draft. So I think that's why he kind of went here. He's more of a a young, raw prospect and has all the athletic potential that you could want from a defensive tackle going into the NFL. So if the Giants can push that potential out of him, then it's going to be a really, really good, valuable signing for them. On to my steal of the free agent rookies. And I've mentioned his name before, but it's got to be wide receiver Justin Ross, signed with the Chiefs. So he looked like a top 10 pick a few years ago, but then went on to miss the entire 2020 season with a neck injury, and this led to a subsequent spine surgery. This, of course, worried teams, despite the fact that Ross played the next year, but when he played last year, that was, he didn't exactly look like the same player as before. But the thing is, if he can get anywhere near close to his original potential with the Chiefs, then he's going to be easily the biggest still. I still arguably reckon he could have been drafted. He still looks like, a, even how he played last season, a much better player than a lot of guys who were drafted, I'd say, in the third. Like, so I think that he could have still been drafted, but the fact that the Chiefs managed to get him undrafted, it's just crazy. That Chiefs wide receiver room, they seem to lose a wide receiver or lose a player in offense or lose some linemen. And then you look at them and go, oh, well, they're not going to be as good next year. Then all of a sudden the draft comes around and free agency comes around and and they pick up some players and you go, oh, yeah, they're just going to be the same dynamic Chiefs offense. So I'm really looking forward to to seeing what Ross does in, in that team. And it's going to be a real great comeback story if he thrives with the Chiefs and you know, maybe make some big plays in the playoffs and goes, all right, okay, all those injury worries that those teams had with me are all gone. This is what I could do at the next level. So yeah, looking forward to seeing that. Okay, so I think I've covered it off for the rookies now. So that was all the players I like from round seven and just a few of the the undrafted free agents that have been signed. A lot of fun looking at this. I've now got a good idea of a lot of the names going from the first round all the way to the undrafted guys now. So going through training camp and, you know, when teams are, are cutting their teams down to the the 53-man roster going into next season, it's, it's going to be real fun to see what players are still stuck around, you know, what players go to practice squads, who is actually going to thrive, because there's no doubt going to be some, some incredible players that were picked in the the fifth round, the sixth round, the seventh round, and then when undrafted, who are going to end up making the starting the starting 53 roster for teams and and I'll be looking forward to to chatting about them if I say any of them that I've mentioned in the last few podcast episodes come up but now that's all the NFL stuff for this episode so let's talk about my album of the week so my album of the week this week is Foreigner 4 so a bit of a contrast from last week we're going back to the early 80s with this one I actually saw them play in London last night it was White Snake's farewell tour it was supposed to happen in 2019 or 2020, whatever it was. 
But, you know, COVID kind of changed most plans when it came to anything entertainment or or going out. So it was great to finally see it. But yeah, Foreigner were just awesome. And and this album four has some absolute bangers on it. It's got some great tracks. To be honest, when I saw them, I didn't realize how many songs of theirs I actually knew. And not just knew, but I like knew the lyrics too. So yeah, you get any mild fan of 80s music is going to know these tracks. But check out Urgent, Jukebox Hero, and Waiting for a Girl Like You to just let yourself be transported back to the good old days or if you're younger if you're in your 20s or if you're you know your late teens and you want to give something else a try that isn't just the same old trap and hip-hop stuff that's out nowadays which i'm not the biggest fan of i must say i'm a little biased but check some of this out if you hate it you hate it but i'd be very very surprised if you hated it so, so give it a go four and a half four Okay, beautiful. Thank you for listening. This was episode 13 of the Clutchdown podcast. I'd say I've covered a lot on the draft the past few weeks, which has been been really fun. So next week, I'm going to go back to the usual format. And so I'll be bringing you all the news and the updates. Um, also chatting more in depth about some of those draft prospects that I've mentioned. I'll probably chat a lot more about some of the early round picks and the first round picks and the quarterbacks and so on that I, that I haven't spoken about. So yeah, look forward to that. Follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Clutchdown Podcast and on Twitter at Clutchdown Pod and I'll catch you next week. Mold.